The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is always up to date and playing the biggest games, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening, sir? Ah, how am I doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Well, Josh, I just need to look... You know, it was almost like we're <laughs> professional podcasters, Josh. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. You? <laughs> well, no, not, not not me either. But no, I'm I'm okay. Now I need to let our listeners know, and you know, Josh, that oh. uh, my partner is currently not home. However, no. she will be returning home at some point while we're recording. <laughs> when that happens, my dogs are going to freak out. Now, if this is a time where I'm not talking, I will obviously mute myself. But if it happens when I see him talking, just be aware, you might hear some dogs sound like they're having an anxiety attack. Not even an anxiety attack. Sound like they're trying to prevent somebody from breaking into our home. I assure <laughs> you know he's breaking into our home. It's just well, my don't, wife you can't assure that. Well, I will assure it. I'm going to go out on a limb and assure that it is not someone breaking into my home. Okay, I good. guess if it turns out to be um, jokes on me, I guess I'll take that one. <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah, so that is the one thing I do need to, you know, make folks aware of. So I hope it doesn't happen, uh, but it may happen. So, you know, just be on the lookout for that. So Josh, I have to ask, man, Yeah. you know, it's been about a month since we recorded. Uh, last yeah. time we talked, you said you were very confident in how things were going to go for you in the Fantasy Critic League. And I see you have a nice, healthy negative seven points right now, Josh. Oh, no, I do. <laughs> yeah, your uh, Redemption Reaper's got a score of 63. Oh, no. So you're sitting at a healthy negative seven points, Josh. So how are you now feeling about your chances in the Fantasy Critic League? Super confident. There's no way I lose. I'm going to win this year. <laughs> no problem. Um, so I, I Negative. Mean, Come on, man. Negative seven. You are, <laughs> I, I mean, technically, it's negative 6.6 um, on the actual standings. You are in last place, but it's okay. You're only 1.6 points behind Rebecca. So you're you're right there. You're within striking distance. Sheesh. I don't, well, I, I definitely don't feel good about that. <laughs> uh, well, it's still a young season. We got a lot of time left. I'm actually sad because I thought I was looking forward to playing that game. And apparently people don't like it. But you know what? I, I don't know. Six... 63 is not terrible for me. <laughs> I like there's worse games. 63 is probably like a $5 buy. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, I sound like I'm doing spectacularly. I am ex- I am smack dab in the middle at eighth place. So I have like 10 points um, for the one game that I've had come out so far. So speaking of lower rated games, I just added another game to my list of games. Oh, did you really? <laughs> another Wait. Aren't you going to add a game that you feel confident about? No, no, I meant to my list of games I'm playing. 
Oh, games gosh. I'm bidding on. <laughs> I haven't even looked at the. Yeah, this show year notes. I'm going for the most negative points. I was say I haven't even looked at the show notes yet. Um, but I'm gonna guess scars above. Perhaps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I said, maybe you'll really like it. I just know that the reviews on it were very middling. So, uh, but Josh, it's been about a month. How are things going? How's life, man? Oh, life is okay. Oh, did I change my calendar? Is it March? It is March. Oh, it's been March it's like for a almost, while. <laughs> it's like past the middle of March. It's past the Ides of March. We've already had St. Patrick's Day. Let's see what Ted Lasso says about March. Ugh. I'm waiting in suspense to find out what Ted Lasso says about March. It's actually not Ted Lasso. It is uh, Be a Goldfish. Oh, okay. And apparently you were you were a goldfish for the first half of March. Yeah, my goldfish memory. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah uh last time we talked boy i don't know my son turned six since the last time we talked dude that is so bonkers i saw yeah. your post and stuff about that i can't even believe that <laughs> it's pretty wild uh so you know that'll make you feel old in many different ways as i'm reaching to pick up my spawn action figure who fell over it really makes me feel old <laughs> in some ways maybe not so much in others not in the other ways oh boy this is how we don't we don't since we don't podcast so frequently anymore. This room has just become a storage room for a crap. So if anything falls over, I don't see it until we record. And then <laughs> when I come in to record, I'm constantly reminded of how messy this room is, and it drives me crazy. So hopefully, I get some time soon to clean this room up. That will be a nice life change. <sighs> what else? I don't know that we took him bowling for his first time. And that was a lot of fun. Is he going to be a professional bowler? Probably. Well, not yet. Probably not. Okay. Most likely not. I don't know that I'd steer him down that path either. Probably try to avoid that path for him. No offense to any professional bowlers listening to the show. <laughs> I bet a professional bowler can make a tidy living. Yeah, sure. For how long, though? Just like any I, I athlete. Mean, that's I, like a no job security job. When I was a kid, I didn't know anyone who bowled who was younger than 45. So it seems like a long time there's job security when it comes to bowling. <laughs> younger than 45, yeah. That's a good point. Because they were like retired people who realized they could exactly. make a career out of their hobby. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anything crazy has been happening other than that. And if if there is, it's because I just don't – time is an enemy of mine now. Just don't remember anything. Uh, it's lots of work and lots of family time and stuff like that. How about you? How has life been for you? You know, more of the same, same old, same old, uh, which isn't a bad thing. It's just that, you know, life, the the mundane things of life have definitely uh, been what has been taking up my time of work and school and homework and, you know, just the stuff around the house then. And it, it kind of has gotten itself into a rhythm which isn't a bad rhythm but it is a rhythm that makes me recognize uh how little free time i have to do things that i really want to do and it's funny because i was commenting earlier about you know before we started recording about like how many games you have on your playlist and i have a reasonable amount of games on my playlist too it doesn't mean i played any of them for very long though you know so that's like the big thing of like yeah i have a pretty consistent like 30 minutes each night before bed that i can like play video games or, or something for and, and that's about it it doesn't lend itself to really jumping deep or diving deep into anything yeah. um so so yeah so that's been kind of the story of it for the most part things are pretty much the same old same old uh my in-laws are moving here um so 
that's yeah. you know exciting and preparing <laughs> for that. And they're like officially, officially moving. I know I've talked about it a little bit in the past, but they're officially moving um, like in the next two weeks. Uh, so that'll be fun and adjusting to having them, you know, 20 minutes away rather than, you know, four and a half hours away. So, <laughs> um, but it'll be good. I'll, it'll be nice to have them around. I, I have no doubts that, you know, regular dinners and things like that will be coming, but um, that'll be an adventure. I think I'm more interested in my partner's adjustment to that than my adjustment to that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, um, it is funny because uh, my father-in-law, every time I see him, he always asks, how's school going? And I tell him, he's like, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's going really well. Or, oh, this part's challenging when it's going okay. And he's like, well, I'm glad it's going well. He's like, but just so you know, you can't quit. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I wasn't planning on it. He's like, no, you really can't. You have to finish. I'm like, okay. So that's my only pressure. I, I have a little bit of pressure. I got to make sure I finish school and apparently finish it well. Uh, but other than that, things are good. So Good. Uh, Josh, before we jump into um, our, you know, typical rigmarole and actually getting into talking about um, what we've been playing and all those good things. We're gonna, I'm gonna seed a a question here early, oh, uh, sure. because we've seen seen a little bit of it lately. Uh, what's the uh, Marvel Snap situation for you, Josh? How much are you playing Marvel Snap still? Is Ooh. it something that's happening a ton? Obviously, in the Discord, you know, our channel there had basically had turned into a very Marvel oh, Snap focused channel that slowed <laughs> down a little bit, but it's still a bulk or a lot of what's talked about there. Um, yeah. So, how are things for Marvel Snap for you? Good. I mean, I haven't slowed down. Uh, I'm consistently playing, consistently working on my deck. Um, I'm at I'm at level I'm at level fifty, forty nine fifty for my rank right now. Mm-hmm. I'm at five thousand nine hundred twenty four for my collector's level. I just cannot catch up to you collection <laughs> level wise. Goodness gracious. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying the heck out of it still. I really. Um, I've been enjoying some of the challenges and learning this Thanos deck, which apparently is going to get nerfed in a week or two. So uh, we'll see how that changes. We'll see what they do to change it. And then maybe I'll change to a different deck. I have Galactus now, so I'm looking to potentially build a deck around him as well. See how that plays out. But uh, I don't know how you can really necessarily build a deck around galactus when the goal is him to <laughs> right. destroy everything <laughs> build a dust to purposely be losing i guess you could there are ways to you know give yourself negative things on the board that's something yeah. you can do <laughs> um how about but, you how's your snap game going well it's going pretty good i had slowed down quite a bit for a while because i had i've been struggling to find a a deck i really enjoyed and i, I felt kind of like in this like no man's land because i still haven't finished series three i'm not series three complete yet i'm close um, but I'm not there because my my collection level is crud three thousand two hundred eighty seven. Uh, so obviously, like I said, still well behind you. Um, I'm almost at sixty, so I'm almost a diamond for this season. Um, but I have been playing a lot of different decks, uh, and I have been I've had wild swings in my rankings. I had dropped like twenty or, or something rank like twenty levels at one point because i had been just trying all these different brews and stuff to see what was working so i've had to claw my way back to where i am um to, and i'm like well i would like to finish the season somewhere above diamond ideally um you know maybe get to vibranium who knows but yeah. um i yeah i've actually been mostly enjoying it again i do think though that there are some things that are 
clearly really good that are really tough to play around or if you or if you build a deck to play around them yeah. um you're kind of hosing yourself against most other decks which is tough um and i think you know unfortunately or unfortunately for you thanos is one of them shuri being the other one that yeah <laughs> you know i don't have either of those cards so it makes it really hard to uh, feel like you can effectively compete um so i've been trying to think of different ways that i can do that with just the cards that i have because you know, I'm I don't know if people have bought them in token shop because I thought you got matched up based roughly on rank and collection level. Like I think they try to like yeah, kind of, you know, merge those things that whatever rank you are, roughly someone in the same collection level as you is what they try to match you up with. I thought maybe that's not right. Um, but I'm seeing a lot more Shuri and Thanos, and I'm like, I just I'm struggling and competing with that since I don't have those. Yeah. Um and I know it's things for people like yourself who have Thanos, but I think I saw that like at the highest ranks when Thanos is played, it has like a 68 something percent win percentage. Really? Yeah, it's really That's interesting. high. Yeah, it's super, super high, which is why they are looking at nerfing it. Because, yeah, maybe at the lower ranks, it's not so um, oppressive. But at like, yeah, yeah. people who are like close to 100, um, yeah, the win percentage for that and Shuri are both like well over 60%. Wow. So. I see they have a uh, thing called conquest mode coming. Did you see that? I did see that. I didn't read too much about it. Did did you jump more into what that is? It sounds like it's it's taking this like if you've played the friendly battles yet, it sounds like it's taking that setup or longer matches um, as you play. So it says winning a series of battles without a loss uh, unlocks tickets to higher leagues against tougher opponents. Uh, culminating with Infinity League at the end. Uh, players will queue up against other players to face off in battle mode. Yeah, I guess you earn tickets to to higher matches, I suppose. There's also going to be um, Ultimate variants coming out, which I'm pretty excited about. So yeah. Ult- yeah, where they have they add um, uh, Ultimate variants. Uh, let's see. Ultimate variants are some of the most epic variants in the game. We felt they deserved their own section too. We're moving ultimate variants out of the way of seeing series four and five cards and into their own rotation. For those of you who want to make your decks that much cooler, how can you tell your collection level like what you've got in the? I mean, in this, in the, um, yeah, the like collection level three or stuff. How can you tell how many you have? Of the. Like how like how many of the cards you have from like series three? Yeah, yeah. How do you know which ones you're missing and stuff? Um, I think it's based off of I think by a certain collection level you will have like auto you will for sure have uh, achieved like everything in series three. I got you. Um, okay. so but the order that you get them in is random. Okay. Because so, I got a I got a my Galactus out of a out of a collection level up. Oh really? Yeah, from like the collector's reserve spot on the on the collection level so let's see here let's see if it's got a more updated one but i did use t- tokens to get my thanos i will say that <laughs> oh so pool three is just collection level 486 and above so 486 and above series okay. three four and five are unlocked um and the higher you rank the higher you climb the more likely you are to get a series four or a series five yeah, card, yeah, yeah. it sounds like so but I can yes. buy Kang right now, but I don't want to buy Kang because that card is not good. <laughs> well, it could be. I guess it could be. If you want it to be. Not for me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm still really enjoying it a lot. 
yeah, I, I am enjoying it quite a bit as well. Still playing it every day. Actually, I've played it a lot more in the last couple of weeks than I had been the previous weeks to that. But yeah, um, yeah, it's still. I I'm not sure I'm a fan of. Um, I'm taking the series three cards out of the token shop. Yeah, I don't like that either. Um, so I don't know that I love that, but. I guess I get it to a degree, but yeah, I'm not sure that I, I love that. So I'm looking at series three really quick here. I man, I feel like I I have to, I'm almost have all of series three. There's a couple on here. I don't have yet. What do you still need? Uh, what do I still need? I still need, um, Baron Mordo. I still need black bolt. Um, trying to look here. What else I still need? I think I don't, mm, I think I don't have hazmat yet. Okay. Like I said, I th- pretty much I just got Helicarrier. I just got Luke Cage. I don't have Magic yet. Okay. So yeah, so I have a few, but like I, I mean, getting to the letter M, that was three. So I'm getting there. Yeah. Uh, I bought She Hulk the other day just because I was like, I I love She Hulk. Not having this card, <laughs> so yeah. I bought it for the thousand tokens that it was. But um, yeah, and I, I did get though. I did get Bast recently yeah technically series four and i got valkyrie who is series four i I play valkyrie also yeah yeah so i got those but yeah i haven't gotten so we're getting there we're getting there i'll be interested to see how things move forward but i just know that you know marvel snap has been one of those uh ongoing things that when we talk about what we're playing it's not something we talk about often but it is something a lot of people who listen to us i know play actively we don't always talk about so uh, dip in so let us know what are your favorite decks what are you playing a lot of what are you playing not a lot of uh let us know we'd love to hear it so with that thanks so much for joining us this week everyone as always if you have any feedback or questions or suggested topics hit us up at board with vg on twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the instagram also board with vg we are proud to be part of the play some video games podcast family and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the psvg podcast the nintendo shack psxp and maybe one day again, Dollar Cinema. <laughs> you never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, we're going to start talking about what we've been playing. And Josh, you have an extensive list. I have an extensive list, but I think most of them are pretty short as far as the amount of time we put into them. But Josh, what have you been playing, sir? Okay. What have I been playing? Here's my list. All right. I haven't playing a lot of board games. I had bought a ton of new board games, but I haven't played any of them. <laughs> okay, so I've seen you as it goes. <laughs> show many, so many of them in our in our chat about what you've picked up. So. I want to play them. I just have no time, but I want to play. Uh, but the game that I have played, and I do have another day set up this Friday, is Frosthaven. Uh, I don't remember if I talked about this last time when we played. I know I talked about building it. I think you just talked about how the fir- you had like unpunched every you had built the insert, and you had unpunched everything. I don't really. I think you maybe had just you had picked your characters. I think at yeah. least. So we have a we added a new player to our group. So oh, now we exciting. have four players, and we played our first game together. Oh boy, I don't know how long ago. Last month, 
April, sometime in April. Um, and yeah, uh, it's, it's core is the same, but it's a lot different than how Gloomhaven, um, played out and just going down to the, like the characters themselves, Mm -hmm. like their abilities and what they can do and how to incorporate them in your team. Uh, it looks like at least the starting characters rely a lot more on, um, teamwork, at least that specifically for my character does, um, where I have, I'm playing the banner flag and, um, she has summons, which I haven't dealt with before. Um, but one of the cool ones is like a rally flag, like that you can place a flag down on the map and it can give your teammates a boost to attack or defense or whatever the flag that you put down is. So that's pretty cool. You can also summon um, people, which I was kind of using as decoys. And um, a lot of the car- the cards for this character to do attacks, uh, you have to be positioned um, either next to allies or in between allies and, and enemies. So the attack cards are also specific to like where your location should be. So you can have like a, you know, a stronger attack. Uh, So that's very different for me. They also don't have typical treasure chests anymore. Like the first game did. Uh, This one relies on, because in Frosthaven, you're, uh, it's also a city building game. So you're, you're trying to rebuild this, this town of Frosthaven, not city building, town building, Um, semantics. And uh, so when you're out on your missions, you pick up things like pelts and and things like that that will help build like stone, wood, etc. But you can also still find treasures and items and gold as well. But they are in a loot deck now instead of a treasure chest. Um, and you can draw from the loot deck at certain points in scenarios uh, if you stumble upon like a gold coin that is set up to be on the map that is considered a loot space. Uh, so you don't necessarily get the gold coin. You just get a loot card. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just been uh, a ton of fun. First game we played, it was interesting playing with a new, a newbie who did not play Gloomhaven, just jumping in on Frosthaven. Um, but I also think they did a pretty good job at making that accessible to new, new players as well. It's not, crazy complicated i think if you went in and had never played and you were also playing with people who had never played it would be a lot different but you know we have that that luxury of being able to to impart some wisdom uh, on the havens uh so i'm excited to play again uh we don't we won't have as much time as we did last time uh because we're playing on a friday night but um that's okay i'm just excited to play so with the changes do you like the changes or do you like how it did in Gloomhaven better? Like what are your thoughts on like kind of the changes you're seeing between the two ver- the two games? Um, It's too early to say. I don't, I wouldn't say that I don't like them. I just, I'm not sure if I like them more yet or not. We haven't really dealt like had to deal with all the new, new stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, I like that. they. It's not just simply new characters that they're definitely, they've changed them and given like, you play characters differently now and they have different uh, ways to play them. So I do like that. They changed that instead of they could have, Isaac could have stayed safe and just kind of kept the characters the same. 
as the first Gloomhaven, and I don't think people would complain. Right. Uh, so I like that that was like a little risky to to change how all the characters play. They're all vastly different now, uh, just from the starting characters alone. So I do like that. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll 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 be able to answer that better after the next play uh, to see if we get into the town building aspect and what that's going to be like. There's also seasons like that changes from like winter to um, spring or something. I'm not sure what, what the other season is. I don't think it's summer. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how that works as well. But yeah, so far, it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, okay, what do I want to talk about next? Uh, okay, so there's a game. It's called The Scars Above or Scars Above. Uh, SCAR is actually a, a, an acronym in this game, and I forget what it stands for. Uh, but Scars Above is essentially a double A attempt at um, Returnal. Returnal, and it's fine. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it's clunky. It plays like a double A game. It feels like a double A game. Um, yeah. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> uh, it's only 40 bucks. So it wasn't a huge investment. I think it's, it's fine <laughs> for a $40 game. Um, the combat feels okay. It's not great. It's not bad. They have a thing where I don't know why, but they have this like mechanic where they want jump scares in the game. So there's spots where just like the enemies will unex- inexplicably come out of nowhere just for the sake of just popping up in your face. Um, That gets old pretty quick. I can see that. You know, the first time was a startle, but then it's just like, oh, come on. I'm trying to do something here. (laughs) There's no sign (laughs) of you coming. There was no way for me to stop you from coming. Right. Um, uh, It deals with the the weapons, deal with different types of like elements. So you have like electricity and and things like that. Um, Fire, all that. Uh, it's okay. You know, I, if I wasn't playing other games, uh, I would probably spend more time with this, but it's not, you know, it's, it's not good enough to occupy my time right now. Not to say I won't go back to play it again, but uh, I just, I jumped back into it the other day to refresh my memory and I was like, oh yeah, this is enough. <laughs> <laughs> Close open Harry Potter. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Hogwarts. It's, uh... It's sitting like right at like a 68 or a 69, I think, on Metacritic. Yeah, that sounds um, about right. So it seems like big swing from a small studio that does some things well, but doesn't quite knock it out of the park. Yeah, I would say um, I would keep my eye on them for their next game because there is a lot of promise in this game. Maybe someone will give them the money they need. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe someone. Maybe. Microsoft will uh, give them money. Microsoft yeah, let Microsoft money. buy that studio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Microsoft and the wonderful Game Pass, um, they had a Guilty Gear Strive, a fighting game. That's uh, I'm not. A, uh, I would say I'm not super familiar with the Guilty Gear franchise, but I have played a, a game or two. I think I have some on Steam, and. I was like, okay, cool. This has been getting a lot of good buzz in the fighting game community. I'll check it out. So I launched the game and I was like, oh, it's a campaign mode. There's a story mode. Cool. I like 
fighting games that do that. So I booted it up. I hit, you know, and it's like, hey, do you want to have breaks in between whatever? And I was like, I guess. I don't know what that means. Sure, I'll do breaks. So I start playing it, sit down. I'm like, okay, that's a cool cinematic. It has like a very like animated opening. And then I'm like, all right, cool, cool. All right, 15 minutes later. All right, cool. It's still going. This is interesting. And then my wife comes in and she's like, what are you watching? What are you watching? I was like, oh, I'm playing a game. <laughs> it's a fighting game. She's like, what? And I, I didn't change the subtitle. I didn't change it to English. So it was also, I was reading, reading it and she's sitting uh-huh. there. She's like, okay. And then she, and then she's like, okay, wait, uh, okay. 15 more minutes later, she's like, Hey, you said this was a game. <laughs> I was like, man, I thought this was a game. Turns out story mode is just uh animated movie. <laughs> uh, so I watched about a half an hour of that before I stopped watching that and decided, I think it'll be really funny now that my wife sat for about 15 to 20 minutes of an anime to show her what the game is. So I just went to like an arcade battle and started playing. And she's like, that is what the heck that is this game. <laughs> and I was like, kinda, uh, so I played a couple of matches. Uh, it's fun. Um, I think that it's not really my fighting game style. Mm-hmm. Like when I was playing games in the arcade, like Samurai Showdown and King of Fighters, when I was into those games, like it's very similar um, fighting style to those. I do think it looks incredible. Like it's just a very good looking game and it controls very good. But um it is, it's a very specific fighting game style that I kind of, I don't want to say grew out of, but just not, don't enjoy as much. Um, it's just not like, it feels more start and stoppy, if that makes sense, than like a fluid fighting game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also could just come down to me not knowing how to play it properly either, because a lot of these fighting games now remove the element of button mashing and you really kind of just have to know to a degree how to play these games, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, if you have Game Pass and you're interested, check it out. It's on PC Game Pass and uh, Xbox Game Pass. Uh, but yeah, that was that. Still playing Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, not as much because I'm not, I'm just playing a bunch of games in small bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in is Hogwarts this still Legacy, your game of the year? I, so far, yeah, I think it still is. Yeah. Um, Right now, what am I doing in Hogwarts? Um, catching beasts. Nice. Uh, uh, exploring. What, what season is it? It's there's pumpkins everywhere, so I'm guessing fall. You're still in fall, okay? Still in fall. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know that I played too much more since we last talked. Like, it's been very few and far between for game nights as well for me. Like, I don't have too much time at night. Yeah. So uh, Steam Deck has come in handy with that a little bit, which I'll talk about. Uh, Yeah. Also, Kyle bought a game uh, on the PlayStation called Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy Games button pressing. And I was like, well, he he messaged me that he tried it and got it. And I've heard good things about it. So I was like, I'll give it a shot at least. Check it out. And yeah, I mean, I would say it's oddly addictive even though 
It's not the most complicated, complex game I've ever played. Uh, but it's been fun so far. I've Are unlocked... you playing it on the easiest difficulty? Uh, the default, whatever the default yeah, setting is. Yeah, so defaults is. to the easiest, I believe. So Okay, yeah. So whatever the default was. Um, I'm not trying to make the game harder, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> it's essentially, uh, for people who don't know, it's pressing the circle button and directions at a certain time on the on the on the game uh sometimes holding it in it's very much a rhythm game uh Mm -hmm. if you've played a rhythm game you've probably played at some point a similar style rhythm game to this uh but it's all final fantasy music and it's played out in like a side scrolling depending on your game maybe uh format of where you're watching your party battle bad guys and you get points for getting further in the level if you're hitting, getting all your um, uh, strikes correctly at 100%. I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to shoot my cat away because she's about to knock a bunch of stuff over. Uh, wait, yeah, there it goes. Um, it's fun. I had fun with it. It's I didn't uninstall it. so And <laughs> I was able to play it in front of my son. He was watching, yeah. listening to the music. Um, so it's fine. I'm, I can see why people like it. So that's, I should say that that's a better compliment than it's fine. <clears throat> Speaking of it's fine. I've also been playing atomic heart. Uh, and it's fine. <laughs> it's interesting. It's a little tongue. It's a little too tongue and cheeky for me. It thinks it's, it thinks it's funnier than it is. Yeah. Um, which is fine. It definitely has its own thing going for it, it has its own vision. Uh, somewhere between Bioshock and Borderlands, as far as like the gameplay style plus the humor, um, they you know they're not always a hundred percent great, but they work. Right. I think it looks very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very stunning looking game. The combat feels okay. Um, the characters are I don't know. The main voice actor is just so bad. Like, must have been recording during the pandemic, like in his studio apartment, not happy with it, what he's doing. <laughs> or he's watching TV and recording his lines. I don't know. He's just not not very good for me. Um, uh, speaking of not playing too much, so I do I'm, I do occasionally sit it in bed and play my Steam Deck. And Dave the Diver is still a game I'm regularly playing, but I did download some games that are Steam Deck approved that I already had. Uh, one being uh, Batman Arkham City, which I played a little bit, plays really good on it. Um, and uh, Neon Abyss, which was a game that was on Game Pass. I never really gave it a shot. I think I tried it for a minute. Um, but I've been playing a lot of that, actually. It's been a lot of fun. It's uh, a rogue light like however you want to say that. It's kind of like... Um, Dead Cells meets Hades because it has more of like the shooting aspect to it, but it, you know it's very much like we want you to die a bunch, uh, so you're going to. <laughs> uh, and there's bosses at the end of each level. There's I think four levels in a run, four or five, until you get to a big bad, and uh, you get these little eggs that follow you around, and they eventually hatch. Sometimes. They're empty. Sometimes they have a really cool 
little dude who gives you abilities like flame things that just fly around you and kill your bad guys. It's fun. I enjoy it. Nice little game that that uh, if you have Game Pass, it's probably still on there. Um, Remind me. Um, oh, man, I'm probably going to sneeze. This will be professional podcasting at its best. Everyone um, sneezes. <laughs> I feel like I played this game because I, I do think it's on Game Pass. I think it was on PlayStation Plus at some point, too. It was one of the free games. Um, and I usually really like... Is this, is this a twin-stick shooter or no? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But does it not If does it not have a dodge button? Uh, is there a dodge? I don't remember if there's dodge. I, think I do remember it's weird that the left trigger jumps, but also, jumps, yeah. up, also up on the analog stick jumps. Uh, yeah, okay. That's what I thought, because I remember playing this, and there was like something about it that I was like, this is interesting, but something just feels slightly off while I'm playing. Yeah. And I couldn't remember if there was like no dodge or maybe it's a jump. Something just felt slightly weird about it. But I'm glad you're enjoying it. I did not like it. I just like <laughs> couldn't get my mind to like wrap around like how. Yeah, they were just odd like, control scheme. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree. Um, for my son's birthday, we got him a Switch because his handheld, his small one broke. His uh, Switch light broke. So we got him a Switch and I got him Mario Party Superstars because it went on sale for 40 bucks, I think. And I think for Mario Day? Yeah, I think it was pre-Mario Day. I got oh, it on okay. sale earlier. Um <clears throat> So I figured, you know, he can play board games now. He can play that Rubber Bandits game. He's getting better. I was like, this seems like a good time to introduce him to the Mario board game. Game. Um, we played a couple of games, and he's having a lot of fun. And it feels great. It feels like the old Mario parties, because essentially that's what it is. Um, so I'm happy about that. Also, he's six now, so he has to be obsessed with Minecraft. So he is now <laughs> officially obsessed with Minecraft. Which means I have to start learning Minecraft. So we've been playing Minecraft together a little bit. Um, I just put it in creative mode so that I don't have to worry about crafting. I can just, you know, search what I want and and have it. Um, so, you know, we played around a lot. I built this really nice, cool castle. And then we built some underground tunnels from it leading like all the way across the map. And then he discovered TNT yeah. And he blew up my castle. I spent like <laughs> 10 hours making. <laughs> nice. So that was fun, but he's enjoying it. So that's all that matters. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and then finally, I've been playing two betas. Uh, one beta is Exoprimal that I'm I'm playing. Uh, it's also free with Game Pass when it does come out, but right now it's in beta. Um, I originally, when I saw this game, I thought it was going to be like Earth Defense Force, if anybody knows what that is, um, which is basically like a um, uh, Western uh, style, not West, sorry, Western uh, world, <laughs> Japanese style. Um, shooter that you're just shooting giant bugs that are attacking the city um so some of the stuff i saw from exoprimal i really thought it was just like hey it's like horde mode with dinosaurs coming after you i mean there is still a little bit of that though yeah right? yeah definitely is still a little bit of that but i i was not really prepared for how 
how much depth was in this game, yeah. how, how, how much more this game is than an Earth Defense Force. Um, no shade of Earth Defense Force either. I think that game is a lot of fun if you're in the right mindset to play. It's like Dynasty Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like uh, you do the tutorial. The tutorial is pretty good, but it explains how um, it's basically like... Uh, a style of overwatch kind of game i wouldn't call it overwatch but it definitely has those character models where you have like tanks uh you have assaults you have um uh healers and you have well support is healers support tank assault and uh something i'm missing whatever range is for that sniper or something i don't know Sniper's not a class in that. Um, but you pick that, and then like each class or, or thing has a, diff- a bunch of different suits that you can use, and they each have their own special abilities. Um, there's a cool one where um, one of the support ones is like a witch doctor, and it can summon... Uh, it, can, it can spawn a dinosaur, and you can control the dinosaur. So it can spawn in like a carnosaur and just start destroying enemies uh, but while you're playing you're also competing at least in the first map you're competing about against like kind of like a ghost team at the moment and it's you your team versus this other team you're racing um kind of the clock where these portals spawn out of the sky and they literally uh, this is all done by the way in a artificial intelligence scenario they're not real <laughs> dinosaurs you actually even start with like an AI hive mind talking to you. And like as dinosaurs come in, it'll be like, now spawning velociraptors. So that's how they get around that. Um, so your first thing is you're trying to just like beat these waves of dinosaurs before the other team. And it will tell you after a wave is done, like if you're ahead or behind of the other team. And uh, the more you go, sometimes they'll spawn like Ankylosaurus or Triceratops or um bunch of different types of dinosaurs that like mix it up a little bit and then when you get closer to the end um the team is uh, invisible that you're against for a little bit uh where you can kind of mess with each other while you're trying to fight off these waves and after that round is over you move to a second round um the second round can be different missions the first time i played it was the escort mission like in overwatch where you're moving a cube that's on a on rails tank and someone you have to be near it for it to move. But also you're on like a split map and you can see the other team from the other side. Um, and you can kind of mess with each other, try to, you can pick each other off, fire at each other, um, whatever the case may be. And as that goes through, you want to get your cube to the end and, not be destroyed or killed. The other scenario I did was kind of like a control point. Uh, You're getting these like sparks of energy as you kill either other people or dinosaurs. And on this map, the other team is present with you. So you're trying to kill dinosaurs and, you know, each other or not get killed by each other. Um, And that was a lot of fun too. But like I said, I only get to play twice because I don't have a lot of gaming time. Uh, but what I played, I actually really enjoyed a lot. I think it, it controls real good. Um, the gameplay feels good, and it's very exciting. 
So no complaints for XR Primal. Very surprised at how in-depth that game is. I've heard really positive things about that game. People who yeah. really seem to be pleasantly surprised. So far, so good. Um, and then, yeah, last but not least, Diablo 4. Kyle, he went in and got in on my Discord, and he's like, I can't believe you haven't bought this. That's what kind of Diablo fan all. are you? Don't even. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Um, yes, I was looking for an excuse to just kind of pull the trigger on Diablo. I knew I was going to get it anyways. Um, and I kind of been hemming and hawing about it uh, over the week because I knew I could play the beta. But I was like, oh, am I really going to have time? And then Kyle asked and brought it up in the chat. And I was like, well, you know, that's the, the last, you know, that's an extra push I needed to do it. So I pre-ordered it. Um, I could not play the beta the first night because just the load times, the, the yeah. queue was incredible. 90 minutes to play, to even get in. So I didn't bother. So I played the next morning, no wait, got right in. And um, because I read that the beta doesn't progress doesn't carry over, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't go. I skipped every story cutscene. I didn't want to spoil. Like I'm gonna play the game, so I didn't want to. I want to have it all fresh. So I skipped all the cutscenes. I skipped all the dialogue that would have story, um, and just kind of pushed on through the quests. Uh, I started with the barbarian. I played for a little bit and then I picked it up again later and I started with the sorcerer and I think the beta closed beta ends now. So next yeah, weekend I'll try the third class. I think it was a rogue. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, all I'll say is it's, it's more Diablo and that's a good thing. Um, it plays great. It plays like Diablo three, but better. It looks better. Uh, it's just overall, you know, graphically better. They changed the level up system, which I really like now. There's a huge skill tree now. You can really kind of control where you want to go. So I was creating like a um, a lightning sorcerer, which was just like I couldn't believe how much easier it was to be the sorcerer than the barbarian like i'm just wasting enemies before they're <laughs> in front of me right and that and that felt really nice i did start on veterans because veteran because i you know i have a lot of experience with diablo um but i feel like i'm gonna have to boost up the difficulty again because uh, it does feel very easy right now but that could also be just part of the beta uh, but yeah you're just so good josh you're i'm so, so good, good. I'm so good at Diablo. I don't play hardcore characters, though, because I'm not crazy. Uh, I would hate to lose that much time I put into a character off of a bad mistake or a poor decision. Uh, But yes, um, I'm glad I pre-ordered it so I could play it this weekend. Uh, It didn't really tell me anything. I didn't already know. Um, But but it could have. And so I'm glad that I was able to play it. And I don't need any Battle Pass stuff. Everything I have will be fine. So I'm not going to be so worried about the battle pass. Uh, I'm just going to play the campaign, enjoy that. And then if they have seasons afterwards, then, you know, I'll explore that. But we got plenty of characters to play full campaigns through with. So it'll be a good time sink. And those are all the games I've been playing, Kyle. <laughs> that is a lot of games. That's a ton of games. Um, okay. 
So what have I been playing? Uh, from the board game world, I actually have played some board games, but there's nothing I haven't talked about on this podcast before. So Foundations of the Road, Baron Park, Parks. Um, those are kind of the board game. We had a board game day the other day where some of my partner's coworkers came over. Um, so everything was a little bit lighter, a little more um, introductory to kind of get them associated with kind of, you know, hobby board games. So all things that we had played before, and we wanted to make sure that we could easily explain them and answer questions and all that good stuff so like i said nothing new there um but i have been playing some games uh, which is fun and glad i'm glad that i have but uh, nothing new that i want to talk about as far as that goes uh video games in the world of video games uh hogwarts legacy still very slowly chipping away at uh, i've made it to winter now so i i have advanced a season um i will say i am losing steam pretty hard on this game oh no um yeah i <laughs> I don't not like it. I still like it. I just am not as uh, enamored with it as I was hoping I was going to be. Um, and I think I, maybe my expectations were too high. Um, but like I said, it's, it's a well-made game. Overall, I enjoy it. It's just some of the things are a little repetitive. And I know that like all games in theory are repetitive. Uh, but if you like the repetitiveness, then it's great. And if right. you're like, well, about the repetitiveness, it's not <laughs> so great. Uh, and the tough part is just that I just wish there was more combat and the world exploring the world is fun and fine, but it also is like very, like you're getting to like different like hamlets and things like that. And the quests feel very the same and the conversations feel very the same. And I have unlocked so many locked doors. Like at this point, like goodness gracious, how many more yeah. locked doors can I have to <laughs> unlock? Um, so those sorts of things are just getting a little, um, yes, pulling me sure. away a little bit there are things i do enjoy like um capturing the beasts and breeding the beasts and all that stuff is really fun um you know and overall the story is moderately interesting i feel like, like i know exactly where it's going but we'll see if i'm right or not um but like i said the combat's still really good and i still really enjoy it um that part of it uh but it definitely when i sit down for my 30 minutes at the end of the night to, to maybe play something um it has definitely fallen um uh, further down my list sure so um, to speak really briefly of of things that Josh has talked about, just so I'm talking about them very long. Uh, I also played the Diablo 4 demo since Josh appeared <laughs> Diablo 4. I was able to download and play the demo as well. Um, I also, I watched the opening cinematic because I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. So I watched that and I was like, that was sweet. Did you even watch that one before the title screen? Nope. Oh, it was cool. That's all yeah, I'll say. I know, it was I super know cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, man, you know, for all the things about Blizzard these days, they really can put together a good cinematic. Like they really, really can. Um, so, but then after that, I skipped all of the um, story stuff. And Diablo is always one of those games that, like, obviously, I know that you love it, Josh. And I have dabbled in Diablo. Every time I play it, I'm like, "Dang, this is so fun!" Yeah. But I just never think about playing it, and I don't know why that is. But every time I play it, I'm like, "Oh, this is a really good time. I really enjoy what I'm doing." And I even think for Diablo, I played. Diablo, it was even Diablo, Diablo 2, one of the Diablos, way back in the day on PC, because um, I had friends who were really into it, and we played it, and I remember trying to kill the Butcher and how hard that was, um, but I I just feel like the type of game that it is, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's really geared towards PC, I think it plays so well with a controller, like, so well, um, and the fact yes. that it wasn't on console for so long, it, it just... 
I don't know, like, I know I'm not much of a PC gamer, but it just plays so dang well on a controller. I feel like even if I played it on PC, I'd almost want to play with a controller most of the time. Yeah. I just feel like it plays so darn well. Um, So Diablo 4 is shaping up to be really stellar. Um, I didn't get to play quite as much of it as I was hoping, uh, but I'm really happy with what I did play. And also knowing that progress doesn't carry over, um, if I have time to go back to it next weekend or something, awesome. If I don't, I'm okay because I really like what I played. I'm excited to dive uh, deep when it releases this summer uh atomic heart so that game starts off really stellar yeah <laughs> and then it falls off a gosh darn bridge my goodness gracious now i've not played for spoken and we have a story about for spoken later potentially if we, mm. we decided to cover it uh but people badgered the dialogue in Forspoken. i cannot imagine it's worse than this game i just can't i can't imagine that Forspoken has worse dialogue than this game does it is so bad yeah I, there is nothing i like about the about the protagonist the, per, the character you play as nothing i like about him i just want him to stop talking all of the time like i never want him to say another word ever um and unfortunately he just keeps talking so that's really annoying it, the game is beautiful it looks great uh the combat i think is serviceable uh it, it's very annoying that like if you when you get to a certain point i don't know i don't know this is how much of a spoiler this is but when you get to a certain point in the game um and you kill robots just robots come out and repair them and then you have to kill them all over again so it's like why am i even bothered doing this like why, what's the point of killing these things if they're just going to get repaired like I, this doesn't make and it's and it's quick it's not like it happens like forever later um so it's just and you can like prevent that from happening temporarily you can't even like permanently stop that from happening so it's just yeah there's so many decisions about the game that i just i i don't totally understand um <laughs> i yeah so this is one of those things that like i don't know uh like i guess i'm glad i tried it to know that i'm not i don't want to play it really i'm not gonna go back to it i don't yeah. imagine um but yeah it wasn't super great i didn't think um, one thing I did uh, also jump into um, is I played the demo for Humanity, which was like the super trippy game yeah. that was showed at the latest PlayStation Showcase they sh- or PlayStation State of Play. And they showed it like last year, too. Um, it's from the folks who did. Um, they did those two games, Josh. Why am I blanking on them? Inside? No, Res Infinite and oh, Res. Touches Effect, I think, were the other games that, the, that they had done. Um, but same company um or who are developing this i will say like in watching the trailers i was like i don't really still know what this game is supposed to be um but then when they're like hey there's a demo you can try it i'm like i'll try it uh they're puzzle games this is straight up puzzle game it's pretty fun actually um they it's interesting that the demo did have like the ability for you to make your own levels because like the only your level builder is in the demo as well uh it was a limited time demo so it's not available anymore but that i thought was interesting that they had put that in there but just the first group of levels that was in there is like if you like puzzle games or into puzzle games i would encourage you to keep an eye on humanity it's doing some things really differently uh, it is slightly like lemmings in the sense of you have people who like will follow where you are directing where to go um, but unlike lemmings like <laughs> you're just going to send hundreds of thousands of people to their death of falling <laughs> off the edge of things and that's okay there's a couple um people who are much taller and gold like those are the ones that you're trying to like really save for like bonus points but even then like it's just like trying to finish the level um so and the reset is really quick so it's it's very much designed in a way that like you try a thing it doesn't work you're like okay let's restart this the restart is almost instantaneous um and then you're like back at it again just trying the new thing so um if you like puzzle games 
I would give you could keep humanity on your radar. Uh, I really, I mean, I finished the demo. I don't usually even play demos that long typically, uh, but it was interesting enough for me that I finished the entire demo. So something to keep an eye on if you're interested in that. Um, as Josh talked about, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, uh, the Final Fantasy rhythm game that is now out or has been out for a little bit here. Uh, I'm a big fan of rhythm games. I really enjoy them. I've always, you know, liked a good you know obviously i think you know when we talk about rhythm games guitar hero rock band like those are the preeminent games that people think about and i love those but in addition to that just edit your standard rhythm game um I, i'm a big fan of and this is a really good rhythm game if you like them i think you'll like it if you don't like them you're not suddenly going to like them unless maybe you love final fantasy right. um there is music from basically every final fantasy game in here there's over 300 tracks in just the base game uh, it is very straightforward, very simple about how to play because you can literally play with like two buttons and and the analog sticks are all you need to play. Yeah. Um. So and you can literally hit like I think most people use circle and like R one. Um. So for the places that you have to hold like or hit two buttons at the same time, uh. But you could use technically any buttons you wanted to. Um. It's yeah. really very very simple as far as the the approach to it. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a good time with it. It is kind of the game, especially if I only have, you know, a, a few minutes to play. I can jump in and play like two songs and call it good. Um, so I've been kind of slowly working my way through that game, but it definitely has been played more nights than it has not um, since it came out. Uh, and then finally, I guess, is a indie game called A Space for the Unbound. This is a game that came out back in January. Um, and it is from, uh, the developer is Moiken Studios, I believe is how it's pronounced, but the game is a adventure game, uh, pixel graphics. So definitely not going to be for everyone just based off those two things alone. Yeah. Uh, but the game is set in rural Indonesia in the 1990s and it is a very straightforward, like adventure game. Like you are going out and you're like, Hey, I have to do this thing, but in order to do this thing, I have to bake a cake. So then I got to go get the things for the cake and bring those things back to here. And then I have to go get the chef because the chef quit and blah, 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 like very straightforward, like adventure game thing. But the story is actually, <laughs> even though there's some super cheesy dialogue, sometimes it is a pretty compelling story. Uh, it took me a bit to get into this. I wasn't, you know, I had heard some really positive things about the game. So I was like, yeah, I'll give it a chance. And, I was like, okay, this is slightly interesting. Like when I started the game, uh, but the more that I've gotten into it, um, I, I'm really enjoying it. I am at the point where I really want to figure out like what the end of this story is. Um, it does have some, you know, interesting narrative hooks in it that, you know, might be uh, slightly surprising. Uh, it does deal with some very challenging topics. Um, and it just is, you know, like I said, it's talking about rural Indonesia, which is something that, I've never been to Indonesia, so I don't really know what the experience was like. And not that I now fully know what it was like to be a teenager in Indonesia in the 90s. Uh, but I think it is interesting to be able to um, experience a little bit of what other people perceive what was going on in the world um, in that times. And then obviously we, we layer on some interesting gameplays, maybe some sci-fi elements on top. Um, and you have actually a pretty interesting um, adventure game. So if you're looking for something interesting, it reviewed really well. Um, I'm having a really good time with it. I think I'm pretty close to the end. Um, but yeah, A Space for the Unbound. Um, it's on, I think, everything. So maybe something to look at. But I think overall, that is everything I've been playing. Um, so like I said, kind of a lot on the list, but nothing that I've played for all that long. But that's okay, because yeah. I have enjoyed what I've been playing. So 
With that, then we'll move on to the topics of the show, kind of looking at some things happening in the world of board games and video games since we last met Josh. Yeah. Um, anything here you would like to jump into first or anything that caught your eye at all? Well, yeah, there's some good stories here. We can start with uh, Restoration Games. Uh, actually, we could talk about two things with the Restoration Games. Let's do it. Ones on here. Um, so... Uh, uh, blah, 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 blue, blue, blue. Restoration Games uh, kind of went out and put this uh, information to the public that, hey, we have so many expansions, we got to start retiring some of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're going to start discontinuing sets, um, uh, which, I mean, I guess makes sense production-wise. For them, they can always re-release them as part of different sets or in the future. But uh, they are going to discontinue two of their current sets. One being Unmatched Cobble and Fog, which is actually a big box set. It's four characters. Uh, and Robin Hood versus Bigfoot. So those two sets will be going the way of the Bigfoot. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could say... Would I say that? Probably shouldn't. Um, but we also know that we have new expansions coming out uh, with the Marvel license, at least, with the Teen Spirit um, expansion, which is going to have kept uh, Miss Marvel and and uh, I forget all the characters that it can... Was mag Magic might be in there as well. Uh, I think it's already out, actually. I've seen some people scoring them in Barnes & Nobles. Oh, nice. But also, speaking of Unmatched, they have... Is it out already? I think it is. Uh, a Kickstarter. And it's currently out, I believe. I don't want to keep saying that it's currently out and then have that not be true. Um, but we can do this. This is also good podcasting. Uh, no, it's not out yet. They're going to be having a new unmatched series uh, coming out, and it's called Unmatched Adventures. Uh, and what that is is kind of like their storytelling version of Unmatched. So it actually kind of looks like so it's called Unmatched Adventures: Tales to Amaze. So if you know, like, if you can picture that title, like, it's going to be done like those um, old school Amazing Stories, pulp comic style um, things. But this offers cooperative play instead of competitive. Um, it's going to launch on Kickstarter uh, Friday, March 23rd. And it brings four new fighters to the table along with two villains uh, the four new fighters are Nikola Tesla, Annie Christmas, the Golden Bat, and Dr. Jill Trent. Uh, I don't, let's see. The villains are Mothman or the Martian Invader. And you can work together to defeat them. Uh, villains have a unique battlefield along with objectives for success. And they work to complete their objective or defeat the heroes. Uh, the villains are aided by a number of possible minions, which include... The Jersey Devil, Ant Queen, Loveland Frog, the Blob, Tarantula, and Skunk Ape. 
Uh, it also will work with previous unmatched sets. Uh, so you can actually add uh, your unmatched characters into the game as well. You're not just stuck with what comes in it. Uh, so I'm actually very excited for that because I think it's a uh, potentially a really cool addition to a game I really am very fond of. And I'm sad people won't get Bigfoot anymore if they didn't buy him. Go buy Bigfoot. <laughs> While you still can. While you can. I'll sell you mine for a re- relatively good price. <laughs> for second, the secondary market for unmatched <laughs> sets going to both get big. Yeah, I could I could have sold my Bruce Lee for like hundreds of dollars, I think, if I really wanted to. People have been trying to get that Bruce Lee one forever. Maybe I should have sold them. I can't sell Bruce Lee. Because <laughs> they've had a ton of those sets that have had to... Um, go into the vault for lack of a better word just because they don't have the rights to publish them anymore like that because that's what happened to bruce lee correct yeah he's if you want to get him on oh boy I, maybe i do have to sell him oh is it uh, <laughs> six hundred dollars on you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man maybe you Played do once sell it. sleeved uh 350 500 unopened uh yeah yikes i I gotta sell. I gotta sell Bruce Lee. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce, you gotta go. If I can get six hundred dollars for you, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pretty uh, good deal there. Because like the other ones that they have, because like I don't think they can do like Buffy anymore. I don't think they can sell Jurassic Park anymore. But those like I think are still kind of available in stores, if you would. I believe. Yeah, you can still buy them in stores. So, but I think those are are headed that way. Um, that they're they're. They can't sell. They can't print any more than they've printed. That if you still get them in stores, awesome. But I, th- I think those yeah. are on that list as well. So the Deadpool ones going for one sixty five. Also, who would have thought that unmatched <laughs> characters would be kind of up there with the uh, with the CCGs of the world of of the secondary market, right? So, <laughs> so Josh, you know, they said that the big reason that they're moving these sets to, into the vault again, for lack of a better word, not still Disney's thing. Uh, is just to to give their future sets more opportunity to be successful. That sure. these sets have been very successful. Um, that they have had you know second and third reprintings and have still continued to sell. Um, but they want to ensure that their future sets have the ability to breathe. Uh yay, nay. Are you cool with that? Not cool with that? Like, should they? I don't want to say be required, but sh- is it okay for them to be as transparent as to about why they're not reprinting them? Of like, hey, we've sold too many of these ones. We need to sell more of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Be transparent. I like that. I mean, at least people know that you're not just pulling the Disney vault thing. Right. Uh, to create demand. You're just, I, I like that they're saying like, hey, we put a lot of time, you know, and effort into these characters and this game, we want to make sure that it gets the, you know, as much attention as it needs. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm kind of, at first when I read this, I was like, well, feels kind of stinky that you're like saying like, Hey, we're just, you know, not going to sell these anymore. Cause they, yeah. you know, we want to make sure that people buy the other sets. Uh, but I, I do appreciate, like you said, the, just the transparency of like, Hey, People have bought these and people have bought them well. Our other sets maybe haven't sold as well. So we are going to have those be the ones that are available um, to help people, enjoy, you know, be exposed to or enjoy the opportunity for those sets. 
Um, I do wonder if it's a situation where those other sets maybe are sitting, have they have a few more of those, you know, sets in warehouses or right. places that they're trying <laughs> to remove them from. So, uh, do you have every unmatched set at this point? Yeah, except for the uh, the new ones. I don't have Houdini, and I don't have the new um, Marvel ones. But you are going to get them, I assume. Of course, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just haven't seen them in the wild yet. <laughs> Anything else about Unmatched, Josh? Play it if you haven't. Oh, but come buy my Bruce Lee. Uh, one. <laughs> I'll sell it to you for. for I would say cheap, but we know that's three hundred dollars. You can have it, if you're a listener. You can get it for three hundred. <laughs> Man, goodness gracious. Okay, well, Josh, my first story is a story that we've come back to. I feel like most months that we have we have been podcasting uh, since we went to monthly. Um, and that is a little bit about we know some more about Disney Lorcana, um, which is the CCG coming out later this year, August slash September, depending on whether you're a hobby store or, you know, a mass market store um, that they have already announced. Ravensburger has already announced that a second course set will be coming out in November. <laughs> so they haven't even released their first set yet. And they've already announced that there will be a second set, co- second course set coming out in November, three months after the official release. Um, of the first set. So this is from the folks over at Dicebreaker. Um, and it says in an email to Dicebreaker, a Ravensburger representative said the unnamed second set will be available within local game shops and other specialty stores on November 17th with a wider retail release slated for December 1st. This is exactly three months after the first chapter lands on September 1st or August 18th for hobby shops and positions the newest major TCG contender to make good on its previous promise of four core sets a year. Um, so before we start talking about costs, because they also did talk about the cost of this a little bit, Josh, what is your, what are your thoughts on announcing like, hey, set one's not here yet, but here's when set two is coming. You know, we're going to do four core sets a year. Here's our you know proof that we're saying committed to that. Uh, you know, in the video game world, people get a little upset when they talk about DLC before the game is released. Is this a situation of that? Is this different? What are your thoughts? I think it's different because it's just showing that they're willing to support the game. <clears throat> longer it's not quite the same as the video game thing because you already have the full game that you can get that you're full enjoyment out of and a game like this like a tcg it's uh, you know you're always wanting to add to it at least that's the idea um so even if so even if they put out two sets right and then they're like oh well this thing didn't pan out at least you have a good selection of cards for your investment and you can continue to play I think that a lot of the people who are looking at Lorcana are like, uh, one season is not enough. Like they want to invest. They know what type of game this is. And you need variety in these kinds of games, even if it's just art. Um, so I think it's good to show at least that, that that attempt to continue supporting it from the get-go is already happening. It's kind of like when uh, uh, Last of Us gets renewed for season two before the season one episode drops. Not la- that, not specifically last of us, but it's happened to other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows that there is a support for the product before consumers can give an opinion on it. So that means that uh, the people who are making the risk with their own money are confident enough that this will be good. Right, that they're willing to put more money on the line before it's even proven to be successful or not. Uh, but also, those could be people who are just looking at the D twenty three versions of those cards yeah. and going, "We could make a fortune." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Awesome. So they did, like I said, uh, speaking of making a fortune, release some information on cost. Uh, so continuing again from the folks at Dicebreaker, booster packs will cost $5.99 each and contain 12 cards, nine mixed commons and uncommons, two cards that can be either rare, super rare, or legendary, and one foil card of a random rarity. Uh, those wanting to hit the table with constructed decks as fast as possible will be able to choose amongst three previously revealed starter decks, Amber and Amethyst, Sapphire and Steel, and Emerald and Ruby. These 60-card decks will run $16.99 each and also contain a booster pack and two foil face cards. The Illumineer's Trove for first chapter, which Ravensburg, Ravensburger previously said would contain eight booster packs, will be compri- comprised of two deck boxes featuring Mickey and Aurora inside a storage box, along with an art-filled player's guide containing beginner's advice, deck-building strategies, and a checklist for Lakana's integral inaugural set. Running $49.99, it's not a terrible bargain for those interested in the game, but will likely serve as a neat entry point and gift for those keen on the illustrative aspect. So Josh, those are the MSRPs. Uh, what are your thoughts on the costs initially to jump into Lurkana? I think it's average. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, it's I don't it might even be below average now looking at some of these sets that come out and how much they cost. Um which is kind of actually disheartening for me like looking at dropping like $100 for a Pokémon box and it's not even a yeah. booster box. It's like a trainer's box. So it comes with like six packs of cards, not 52. Right. <laughs> like um, I mean, I'm, I, I want to be all in on this game cause my wife is interested and I can teach my son this at some point, but I'm kind of just, I don't know if I talked about this before. Um, but I, I, my local shop's already boot jacking up the prices on Pokemon cards and mm-hmm. they're not that hard to find anymore. Right. So I'm, I want to support my local game store, but if they're going to be charging, you know, 15, 20% more than Target or Walmart is. That's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if Pokemon has MSRP because Magic doesn't anymore. Magic went away with MSRPs. Yeah. Um, so stores can theoretically charge whatever they feel the things are worth. Like some of Magic's limited things have MSRPs, but the booster packs don't. Hmm. Um, so, you know, knowing, you know, that you have the booster packs at $5.99 a pop, um, the pre-constructed decks at $16.99, and then it's kind of like, trove that you can get for the first chapter at 49.99 where do you think you will be entering into this we'll probably well because we're going to be buying for two of us i think yeah we'll get the trove because it has like enough for two people to start and then i mean honestly i'll probably buy a box of boosters (laughs) oh dang okay Uh, but i mean i've seen a bunch of other nice things like they have different um uh boxes and art styles and packs for other things that I've seen pictures of. Yeah. So, you know, I'll check out what they have, but I mean, if I know that it's going to be like three month exclusive to game stores, local game stores or two months or something like that before it hits retail. retail. Oh, it's like two weeks. Oh, is it it's only two August, weeks? Oh, yeah, it's like middle of August to September yeah. 1st. So yeah. if it's too much uh, inflation wise from like local game stores, I'll just wait. Yeah. Until I'll target, but I can at least start with that two-player box first, and the, you know, see if I mean it's not going to do me any good if I like it and my wife doesn't. So maybe it's just good to not just dive right in and maybe start with that two-player box first. 
Yeah. I could see this if my partner doesn't like this game because she's not usually huge on, you know, heads up card games like this. I could see this, though, being something where we still just collect the sets, but don't actually play. Um, I could see that happening. And, you know, initially, I think having those 60 card starter decks, I wonder how many of those are duplicate cards other than just kind of like the leaders. Like, I wonder how many of those are duplicates because that would impact what cards or like what combination of things I would get. Because, you know, it's tempting at $17 each to get three you know to get a 60 card deck so getting all three of those is like 45 dollars, which isn't horrible but if you know 80 percent or 85 percent of the cards are the same i don't know how so i would want to see those deck lists before i committed there um i don't know that i can <laughs> i don't know that i would be able to buy a full box of cards i did man back in my magic days um every new set i would buy three booster boxes like that yeah. was like my thing. I never got <laughs> quite to the case level of six booster boxes, um, but I would drop, you know, and at that time, booster boxes were 120 bucks. Yeah. You know, so I was spending $400 at the, you know, <laughs> four times a year, basically. And that's why I had to stop playing magic because I was yeah. playing a console multiple times a year. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, but um, hype level still as excited about this as you were before. Or where are you thinking about Lurkana? Yeah, I think I think it's it's very still very enticing and interesting looking. So I'm excited to get my hands on it. Cool. Where do you want to go next? What's next on your list? Well, why don't we go to the arena? Ooh, let's do it. So the people who brought us other video game board games, uh, they had done Frostpunk and Dying Light, are bringing us. Uh, by the way, it's Glass Cannon Unplugged is the publisher. Uh, we have Apex Legends, the board game, uh, coming to Kickstarter soon. <laughs> yeah, soon. Uh, it is uh, described as a highly competitive strategic team versus team miniatures. Miniatures, there it is. Board game for two to four players. Uh, yeah, and... Essentially, as it's described in Dicebreaker's article, it condenses the video game's battle uh, royale between, in the game, up to 60 players uh, in squads of two or three into a two- to four-player team-based board game. Uh, Just like in the video game, each player takes on a role of unique character known as a legend, as uh, you will see by the title, um, before dropping them into a map and fighting to be the last team standing. Each match of the board game is said to take around an hour, which is pretty good. Uh, Apex Legends, uh, the board game said... Uh, the game didn't say anything. The, produ- the people who made the game said something. They spent two years developing, uh, as they said, a quote, an inspired new way to recreate the hero shooter experience at the game table, unquote. Uh, we don't know too much about the game. So leave that to speculation. But uh, as what we do know, it plays out uh, in three-dimensional environments based on the map seen in the video game. Uh, It's going to see five Battle Royale maps. Oh, it has seen five Battle Royale maps. This is just more about the game. So uh, we do know there is a core set, so there will be expansions in the core set. Uh, actually, there won't be expansions because it'll all be in the Kickstarter and it will probably cost <laughs> you $500. Uh, in the core set, 
you get four legends, which is Bloodhound, Gibraltar, Wraith, and Bangalore. Um, but they did tease, of course, many more characters to follow um, and other season seasonal releases uh, alongside modular maps. So, yeah, they say they have a long roadmap. We'll have to wait till the Kickstarter's out to see it. But uh, I don't know. We both like Apex Legends. I think I liked it more than you for a good time. Yeah. Uh, what is your interest level on Apex Legends board game? <laughs> uh, slightly above zero. Um, <laughs> there's not no chance I'd get this game, but I do feel like this is one of those games that is easily going to suck people in of, hey, you're starting with four characters. The game currently is 23. So guess what also is all going to come in the future um, yeah. and every map variant and everything that you know Apex has ever done, which if the game is good and you like that, I have no problems with that. That is great. Go ahead and do it. Buy to your heart's content. Have a wonderful time. For me, I cannot imagine a scenario where my partner is ever going to play this game. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I cannot imagine a situation. I like. I don't know what the situation would be where I would jump into this, and I can only speculate at what the price is going to be when this launches on May seventeenth. Hundred bucks. I think so. I think the hundred bucks is probably pretty safe since it only since it's only four. Yeah. Um. You know, characters at the start. Do you think that they will have? Because they talk about how, like, hey, we're gonna have seasonal releases, and many more ex- characters will follow in expansions. It sounds like they're saying those things are coming later. What percent chance do you think there is that some of those, or one of those, or any of those, are actually you are available to purchase when you back on Kickstarter? There's, there has to be probably at least two add-on add-ons whether it's one character per add-on or two but there has there's no way they're just launching with four characters it would seem i would be super shocked if there was like there's one level to back at you can get the 99.99 four characters blah 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 that's it like if there's only one level i will be absolutely shocked (laughs) so uh what are the chances that you will be backing apex legends of the board game i don't know fifth i'm like a 50 50 right now i wouldn't mind really i wouldn't mind having it as a like um uh, like what's the word i want to use just like as a way of showing my support to how much i enjoy the game and hoping that it's a good board game like i i know i could at least get it played once mm-hmm. that is definitely possible uh whether it's with my wife or my friends i could sh- certainly get it played once so uh, that way i could at least be like oh yeah i like this i'll keep it or or it'll just end up on my back shelf next to like uh, Hunger Games, which I've never played, and <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, so it could just become a showpiece game too, which I'm okay with. Awesome. Anything else about Apex Legends you want to talk about? Uh, I should play it more, but no. <laughs> I agree. I haven't played it in a really long time, but I probably should play it more. Uh, okay, Josh, I'm going to talk a little bit about magic. Um, <laughs> okay. Specifically, I want to ask you about, uh, so magic is making a new crossover set with uh, the Lord of the Rings. So that comes out this June. Um, and they are doing basically uh, creating some magic um, card inspired by uh, Lord of the Rings and, and that world. So you have, you know, 
your Gandalf the Greys and you have your Samwise Ganges and all of those things are going to have their own magic cards. Now, the important thing to know about this set is this set is not going to be standard legal. So standard is the most common format played in magic where you're using the most recent like X number of sets to play a tournament against other people. Um, but these cards will be usable in modern um, formats, which expand the number of sets that you can use um, in other legacy formats, including legacy. But anyway. All of, all in all, I don't really care too much about like the set itself overall or the, what the cards do or the integration of you know Lord of the Rings stuff into Magic the Gathering. I've seen some of the cards. They look kind of neat. Um, but Josh, the specific thing I want to ask you about is we've talked a lot about um, the price of Magic cards, right? And one of the stories that we're not going to talk about in depth this week is um, uh, Black Lotus was sold for another record-breaking price of, you know, over $500,000, right? For Why? one card. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay. So as part of this release, as part of this Magic the Gathering release um, of these Lord of the Rings cards, now... There's one thing in Lord of the Rings that is very consistent, right? And there's one item that is kind of iconic, and that is the one ring, right? Like the one ring is this thing that, you know, is important throughout all of the Lord of the Rings books and the movies and all that kind of stuff. Well, there is a magic card called Soul Ring, right? Which makes sense that basically this is like kind of like a new take or, or a new... Um, version of soul ring is kind of like what the one ring is doing and they've done some cool things about foiling it out and like putting um creating different soul ring variants ostensibly um that have like that are written in elvish and there's different versions of it and they're doing a lot of really cool things yeah however one thing they're also doing josh is they're creating a version of this called they're creating a version that is literally the one ring it is a one of one there, that is randomly going to be put in a North American slash English booster pack that is like a super special tricked out version of this card. There there will only ever be one of. Yeah. That randomly someone might get someday, <laughs> right, when they open a pack. Now, I will say, the card looks cool as heck. It's a really nice looking card. Like, they did a really good job of, of really pulling out all the stops on this. But knowing, Josh, that we just had, you know, um, a Black Lotus sell for over $500,000. Sure. Granted, this card is going to be very new, but there will legitimately only ever be this one version of it. Yeah. How much? The first time this thing hits the secondary market, the first time somebody tries to sell this card, how much do you think it's going to go for? I mean, they would be crazy to not ask for a million dollars. Like, uh, I get what they're doing. Right. <laughs> because th- you're not going to be able to buy a booster pack of this until that card's found. It'll be, it's like the Willy Wonka chocolate bar. Like, <laughs> it's going to keep selling until someone finds it, right? Right. So if they were smart, they would just never actually put it out <laughs> <laughs> and just say that it's in one pack that nobody's found yet. Um, yeah, I mean, the way I, I, I'm going to guess, was the, did the Black Lotus sell for six figures? Yeah, Seven? I mean, the most recent Black Lotus sold for over $500,000. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have a, a – first of all, it's Lord of the Rings, right? So right. <laughs> you got that going for it. Then it's the one ring, but it's only one, one ring of this type. Out of all of the sets that it will ever release, like, they're going to s- sell out every box, and then someone's going to sell this for, like, $1.5 million. <laughs> um, Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, currently, you so you can already pre-order the set if you want to, Josh. If you want to get your chance at uh at doing this, um, on Amazon there there's actually like a Magic the Gathering store on Amazon. Yeah, you cannot buy, um, the draft booster boxes. You can only buy the quote unquote Earth the like non-draft set booster boxes that have a few less car a uh, few less packs in them. Yeah. Um. You can't even buy individual booster packs right now. Um, how much do you think the um, the booster boxes that contains thirty packs? Yeah. How much do you think it is? Now, this I is, mean, and keep in mind this is the Amazon price, right? This is like the actual quote unquote retail price, if you would. Well, I mean, my my educated guess on boxes would be it's between ninety and one hundred and thirty bucks. Two hundred and five dollars. That's too much. For thirty for thirty packs for three hundred sixty yeah. magic cards, so that's what like seven dollars a pack. Well, I guess that's that's just crazy. What was I paying for overpower cards when I was buying a three bucks a pack? Right. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and that's like I said, right now. So I'll, I'll be very interested to see like where those go in the future as far as that goes. But, um, yeah, I'll be really interested to see. You know, this is kind of one of those. It's it seems slightly odd for Magic to do this in the sense of like it doesn't earn that. I mean, I guess people might be chasing by buying more packs to try to get this thing, but like once it the card is gotten right, like it doesn't do Magic any good. They're not going to sell more boosters anymore of this, right? Like because it's found, so then it hits the secondary market, which they get no cut of anymore. So I think this is kind of interesting. I do think. It is kind of neat, though, like that they're like, hey, like we're going to be as thematic as we possibly can be with this one thing. Yeah. Um, I just am wondering if somebody's going to get it and then someone really rich is going to buy it and they're going to be like, look at this. And then they like destroy it or something like that. Just like, said it. Yeah, that would be really funny. They can't cast it into the fires of Mount Doom. Yeah, exactly. They just like throw it in their <laughs> fireplace like later. All right. Anything else uh, board game related you want to talk about or you want to transition to video games since we're at the 90 minute mark about? Holy cow. We are ever. Yeah. I'm going to do one quick thing. I'm going to yeah. tease you on a potential game for next time we record. Ooh, I like being teased. So I'm going to read you something. Okay. And I want you to tell me what you think of what I read you. All right. Let's see. Okay. Overall, Seven Wonders is an engaging and well-designed game that offers a lot of replayability and strategic depth. The combination of card drafting, resource management, and unique scoring mechanics make for a challenging and rewarding experience. And the game's quick playtime and easy-to-learn rules make it a great choice for both casual and experienced gamers. If you're a fan of strategy games or ancient history, Seven Wonders is definitely worth checking out. Was it, How do you feel about that? About just that statement? Yeah. No lead to, just like if I read that to you. I would say it sounds like Seven Wonders is a pretty great game. Okay. Interesting. Yes. I think, do you think that is like very concise description of the game? Oh boy. Josh, did you do this from chat GBT or something uh-huh. like that? This is a review <laughs> for Seven Wonders written by chat GPT. Uh, also, if you ask ChatGPT to tell you about the Board of Video Games podcast, uh-huh. there's five paragraphs. Oh, wow. Uh, in closing, the last two paragraphs, uh-huh. one of the unique features of Board of Video Games is its focus on the intersection of board games and video games, 
exploring how two mediums can influence each other and what lessons can be learned from one to apply to the other. Overall, Board of Video Games is a great podcast for anyone interested in both board games and video games, offering insightful and entertaining discussions on a wide variety of topics related to these two popular forms of entertainment. Well, I mean, I agree with the last paragraph. <laughs> pretty good. In addition to the game-specific discussions, Board of Video Games also includes segments on gaming news. The hosts often bring in guests such as game designers or industry professionals to share insights. <laughs> were you reading the discussion Garrett and I were having in the no. World on Fire part? Oh, we were talking about ChatGPT. Like, oh, I have that page muted. Oh, I think it was the World on Fire. It might have been random. No, I think because, yeah, I probably would have seen if it was random. I had to mute World is on Fire because it's just a bait, a bait chat room. Because <laughs> we were having a conversation about like whether Chat GPT is actually AI or not. Because it's often referred to as AI, and oh, I was like, sure. well, you know, and the idea of like theoretically all like of those things like fall under the AI realm, like machine learning and all that good stuff. Like then, I guess from that perspective, it is. But like, I tend to think of AI as being a little more nuanced than that. But I, you know, from a discipline standpoint, I guess technically. But anyway, we were well, I asked about- Chat, but. I said, are you actually an AI? And and they said, yes, I am AI language model created by OpenAI. I use machine yeah. learning algorithms. Uh, however, it is important to note, while I can generate responses that are similar to those of a human, I do not have consciousness or emotions like a human. <laughs> well, and that's like, because like, whether it be... Um... You know, because like the natural language, the natural language processing and the machine learning that happens there, like, you know, the the debate and oh, man, this is going to get so nerdy because I read about this in for grad school so much last semester. But this idea of um, for something to have artificial intelligence, does it have to understand what it is saying? Right. right. And chat GPT doesn't know it does. It is putting together words and giving them to you, but it doesn't truly know what it's said, what it's saying means. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like, and so that's kind of where it's like, but it has the, the, it has the data in words and to many people that in and of itself constitutes knowledge. Henceforth, it does know things. And it's a big, like fun debate to have about like where that all goes. And what that's that why I thought means. it would be interesting to ask it to give me a review on a, a physical piece of media right. to see if it was different. Cause I could probably give me way more information about a video game in my mind so when we do play our game which we'll play is i'm going to get reviews for board games from the dice tower and yeah. from chatbot gpd gdp and i'm gonna have to guess which one's human and, and i'm gonna have you guess okay. if it that's was fair. written by that's an fair. ai or not <laughs> that's fair because it does do like uh it does write things pretty effectively the one thing i have noticed with it though in reading things and different experiments that people have done, it tends to repeat itself more. Like it'll say, like it'll clarify, like the like the board with video games podcast, yada yada yada. And the nice thing about the board with video games is yeah, like yeah. we'll do that sort of stuff a little yeah. bit more than people tend to, I think. Um, but like I said, maybe I'm going to be completely wrong, and you will stump me a hundred percent. But that's okay because this thing has passed the the bar exams. It has passed. The LSAT, it has passed lots of stuff. So I, I will not feel too too bad if I fail at this when we play the game next month. I'm going to study in preparation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> cool. 
that that'll be fun that'll be a good one that'll be a good one so all right anything else then you want to chat about before we jump in board game related before we go into video games let's move to the video games okay any video game stories that uh kind of piqued your interest that i included or didn't include that you just want to talk about let's talk about oh i don't want to talk about that right away or that or that Josh, like I don't want to talk about any of these things. You're welcome to pick up here. Hey, let's Josh, talk about what I was su- trying to do. Let's talk about Suicide avoid, Squad. <laughs> I was trying to avoid any story that had to do with the Microsoft Activision Blizzard. Uh, hey, Blizzard, good on you. <laughs> and that was really hard to do because that is like what ninety percent of stories have been. It seems. Yeah, yeah. Well, that we can. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> that's a whole mess. I, I, I am just, just sick of over it. Yeah, I'm so over it. <laughs> It gets crazier and crazier, too. Uh, Yes. So here we go. Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League comes out as part of that. um, Was it Square Enix showcase or who's doing this game? Yeah, State of Play. Oh, the State of Play. Yeah. Which is is weird because it was like a VR showcase and then also Suicide Squad. Yeah, there was like five VR games (laughs) and then like a couple games in between and then Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Yeah, that was interesting. It was, it was, a, it was a yeah. So yeah, we 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 got our I guess our official first look at this game and what it's going to potentially play like and how they're setting up this game that just really just looks a lot like Anthem meets Avengers. Um, yeah. and people seem to be very worried about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know that I had formulated an opinion like that it was going to be good or bad. I thought it looked interesting. I thought the combat looked interesting and different. I'm not a big fan of the traversal, but you know, they have to make it work for the game that they're making. Uh, Just like I didn't love the traversal for a lot of the characters in Gotham Knights. Like it just doesn't feel fluent as like what we're used to for those Mm -hmm. characters. Yeah. So like Captain Boomerang using um, the speed force to travel around the map feels more like to me it would be um distracting than helpful like there's in even in destiny there's a class where one of your like characters kind of just teleports in your dash instead of dashing Mm -hmm. and i always just found that disorienting to me so to be able to not do that is helpful in a game where one character specifically might always travel like that could uh that's my concern. Maybe that's why they delayed it. Um, <laughs> but it was originally supposed to come out in two months, uh, May 26th. And it has now since been delayed to as late as quarter four. And we've already been hearing rumors since this delay that it's going to be next year. Yeah. Even maybe even Q2 next year. Uh, so who really knows, especially if, if, the reaction to the state of play is what caused this delay, which I can't imagine it, it has to be that, right? Uh, they really have to be toying with the idea of rehauling this whole game because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a live service superhero game and nobody wants that. And it's proven to be a fail, a failure every yeah. time it's happened. Um, in fact, I think there's like two sides of that coin, right? You have Marvel's Avengers, which is a live service game, but it's built on the back of a, in my opinion, phenomenal campaign. 
yeah, that people really will never play because right. of what that game is versus Gotham Knights, which is a game that was built as a game of service. And then they tried to spin it to be a campaign game. Mm-hmm. And it's just been just, just destroyed critically. Yeah. And I feel like Suicide Squad's like right in the middle of both of those games. And I'm wondering what it was first. Mm. Was it a live service game first? And then they tried adding campaign to make amends for that once they heard about how much people hate it? Or was there like actual campaign and then they were like, hey, this is the best way for us to manage post-game content is by having this world. Um, So I'm really interested to see what they decide to do with this. I know another problem was requiring an internet connection at all time. Yep. And I can understand how that's something that probably still shouldn't be happening in 2023. Uh, it, it should... And that maybe me speaks to me more or less that there's probably not much of a campaign if that's the case, uh, because you shouldn't be selling a $70 game to people who, if their Wi-Fi goes down, they can't play it at this point, like any aspect of it. Um, and that happened before in like the early days of Xbox and PS2 or PS3. Like sometimes if you just couldn't get a service, you couldn't play certain games, even right. with a disc in. Um, so I understand that frustration. We should be able to avoid that at this point. So uh, I think that could could be something that hopefully they look into fixing. Um, Josh, you had mentioned that you know you hadn't really made up your mind on this game prior to the showcase. Yeah. I'm assuming you watched what they sh- what they the sh- well maybe not the whole showcase but the that part at least. Yeah. What are what are your thoughts now after what you've seen? Like, are you interested in this game at all? As is currently, are you not? What are your thoughts? I thought it looked good. I thought I was like watching it and I was like, oh man, this looks really cool. I, uh, I'm i going to be like, I was already like, I'll, I'm going to be King Shark because he looks really fun mm-hmm. to play. Um, you know, I was already picking out who I want to play as uh, if and when I played it. So I think it looked good. I like the voice acting sounds good. I actually was like watching the trailer and I was like, there's no way these guys can take on the Flash. So I'm really curious how they're going to make that work. Right. So I'm like, I'm genuinely curious about the content of the story, how much there is and how they're going to get around the corrupted justice league characters, like people that even other superheroes wouldn't be able to take out. So I'm curious what angle they go with at that. So I'm interested. So what I was thrown off by, and I, I don't know. I watched this trailer and I, you know, I like the Batman games, but I, I think I don't like them maybe as much as other people do. I don't think they're sure. bad. I just, I, I like them. I think they're fun. I've enjoyed my time playing them. I don't really, every once in a while I think about going back and playing them more, but overall I'm fine. Like I think they're, they're great or good. I, I don't know what I was totally expecting with this game, but it wasn't what they showed. And I, I wonder how they got to what they showed in the sense of obviously we know that traversal in a game really can make a game and elevate the the quality the enjoyment the fun you're having but it just seems so out of place for the characters that they have yeah so i really wonder how they got to we're going to have all these people basically be able to fly in some way for a significant amount of time like harley quinn basically looks like spider-man but you know and i i 
Yeah, like I just really wonder like how they got to that. And they're yeah. like, we are going to, and not that everyone needs to, like I'm totally cool with people changing or adjusting or making differences to, you know, characters and what we know as characters. But I feel like they had to change like everyone yeah. to get to like this thing. So it almost makes me wonder, like, did this thing, was this a different game? And then they're like, well, we're going to add the Suicide Squad and kind of make these things work. Was that, no, this is what we're going to do. But having them do it in a Batman style just wasn't fun enough. Yeah. Um. So then we need to add these additional elements to it. It just, it just seemed very odd. Like that there were some odd decisions or something that had happened that kind of made them get to this. And maybe that's, I don't know, you know, I'm just speculating. And maybe they're like, you know what? We just want this to be fun, whatever, however we need to get there. So be it. It was always going to be a Suicide Squad game. And this is just the way they got there. Yeah. If the game was fun, that's fine. Um, I was not totally enamored with what I saw, but I also wasn't like as thrown off as it seemed many people were uh, by what we saw. It just seemed weird to me. I was like, well, that just, just seems like a really odd, some odd decisions based off of what this group is supposed to be to get to the point that we're at for what this gameplay is. Yeah. It looked fun, though. Like, I think it looked fun to play if you like shooting purple blobs. Like, <laughs> like it's going to be a really good time. But hey, you know what? In uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I like shooting cubes of goo. So Gelatinous it seems cubes. very similar yeah. to that. I like doing that. So. Um, when do you think Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League will come out, Josh? When will we be playing this game? I mean, they showed a lot of content. I feel like the game is probably pretty far along. So I think this, this might even just be a delay to appease people who are begging for a delay. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I think we, we could probably still see it. I'll say between November and February. I don't, I don't know that I can say it's definitely coming out this year or not. I think that's a really good window, actually. I think that's kind of where I am sitting as well. I think it's going to be um, at that point of very, very end of this year or very early next year, I think is where we will see it. So, all right, Josh. So we've been hearing lots about, you know, the return of E3 this year. Yeah. Um, And, you know, E3 is going to be back. Uh, PlayStation won't be there. Nintendo won't be there. And Xbox is going to do their showcase, but they're not going to be there either. They're going to be across the street, right? So they're not going to be on the show floor. Yeah. Uh, but we do know that, you know, e, you know, Xbox is going to be part of E3 week, and they announced that their showcase will be on June 11th. And prior to their showcase, I think it's before, they will be having a Starfield Direct. I'm Ooh. not sure that's totally unique language that they thought of all on their own. Um <laughs> They're going to have a Starfield Direct and then their E3 showcase or vice versa, whichever it is. Um, but every year, you know, I, I think we all enjoyed E3 when it was a whole bunch of press conferences and really big and really awesome. Um, now it seems like maybe the Xbox One is going to be the biggest one that we're going to get, you know, kind of in that time frame. Uh, so, Josh, what do you think? A, what are you hoping to see at an Xbox Summer Showcase? Uh, and B, you know, with this news came also that... Um, Starfield is being pushed to September, right? We didn't have a specific date for it, but it was supposedly before June. Now we know it's in September. So not a huge, you know, push there, but a little bit of a push. So close to, you know, 10 months after the initial release date of last November. Um, thoughts on the Starfield push? How excited are you for that? And what would you like to see from Xbox this summer? Uh, I don't know. Starfield, I guess I'm hoping for it to show me a reason to want to play it. <laughs> I don't know that it's going to, honestly, I think I would rather go p- 
play this uh once they fix it out of worlds uh remaster oh, yeah. um because that was more like my style of game like that but i mean uh-huh. we'll see uh, as far as i'm concerned starfield is fallout in space or elder scrolls skyrim in space and those two games i i don't jive with <laughs> right um you know, not for me games. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I could be impressed. Who knows? But it's going to be a Game Pass. So I'm going to try it anyways. Right. Uh, regardless, which is the best part of Game Pass for them, for me. Um, as far as like whatever, what else are they going to show? I don't know. Maybe another first party game would be great. Microsoft, mm-hmm. like something. I mean, we can only wait on Fable so much longer with them teasing it so early. Right. Like, you could just show us something. Like, nobody's going to believe this game's coming out if you don't show us Fable to some degree. Do you, th- do you think they will? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll show something. I don't think it's coming out this year. I think maybe next year, but maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's that, coming out but... this year, but we yeah. maybe we'll get a CG trailer again that's a little bit longer than that first one, but right. I, I don't know that we're going to see gameplay. Um, and maybe we'll see some games from all these studios they gobbled up in the past two years. I have like no expectations for their showcase. To be are you, quite frank, <laughs> are you saying that it's not going to? Are you saying you have no expectations to like try to like build a wall around your heart, or are you just saying that at this point you, you just don't even know what to expect anymore from them? Yeah, I get nothing on the radar from the like that is that's really like interesting to me. Not I'm like Redfall. I'm interested, but like that's even a game they've been hyping for a year, and I'm not interested. So I don't know that we'll see Forza, right? But I'm not in, I'm not Motorsport. I'm Horizon. Right. So yeah, I I just think I'm sure their showcase will be great because it always is to a degree. Um, I just don't know what they're going to be able to to show that's going to get me hyped for the back half of the year from Microsoft. I'm happy with Microsoft where I am. Um, it's just, I'm not really enjoying their content on their console, which always yeah, is weird to me. Yeah. They've had, um, they have so many things announced, Yeah, right? That you're like, some of these things you, you think would have to be hitting soon ish, right? Like Hellblade two, it feels like should be at some point. Yeah. Maybe this year, even obviously we know that, you know, motorsport will be later this year. Um, you know, I have to imagine we see Avowed again and Everwild again, probably Fable. Like, because realistically, they could almost do updates on things we know about. Yeah. And give us like one new thing and have actually a pretty packed showcase. Oh, sure. But I mean, the th- that's good. That's what they, that's what directs are for. Like, people are going to yeah. go to E3. They don't want updates on the games that they know about. Yeah. You know, like, and they haven't done a, a, a Xbox game show in like a, like six months. Yeah. It's crazy. They haven't done anything like, like no direct. I, I always forget what Xbox calls them, but whatever that show is, they haven't done a single one of those. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I not even like an indie show. Was 2018 the year that they bought like all those studios that they bought like the six studios think, and they announced it on stage in E3? Was it 2018? 2019? Yeah, I don't know. Right around that time, between 18 and 20. 
I'm trying to do my reverse COVID math logic. So yeah, I'm bought, taking two years away. So I think it's like 20. Yeah, the <laughs> Bethesda acquisition was finished in 2021. Okay. And then they bought, because uh, Double Fine was part of that group. So when did they buy Double Fine? 2019. Yeah, so 2019. Okay, 2019. So then it would have been 2020 where they showed. No. I guess it depends on when in 19 they bought them. So yeah, so it was announced at at E3. E3 2019. Okay. So it's now, you know, 2023. They bought like six studios then. Um I feel like I've said for like the last like year or two years, but man, COVID messed so many things up. Yeah. But I keep thinking of like this is the year, right? That like all of these studio purchases are gonna start to pay dividends. Um and it seems like this needs to be the year, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. Um, I'm excited. I'm actually really excited for Xbox's E3 showcase just because supposedly rumor has it we're going to have a PlayStation showcase, not just a state of play sometime yeah. prior to E3 is what they're saying. Um, but like I, you know, Ubisoft, who knows? They said they're going to be at E3, but who knows what they're going to have. But it really might be like all the way, not wait, but op- opportunity, I guess, for Xbox to like really shine is going to be here because I don't think there's going to be much else going on. Um, who knows what Keeley's thing is going to be like, right? As far as how much that goes or what happens there. But I think there's a really good chance that Xbox can come out and really, you know, make that splash of like, hey, we have a ton of awesome stuff and we want you to play our awesome stuff. And, and here's what we have coming. Here's why you should have Game Pass, you know. And yeah, I just I really think that this could be an awesome, awesome year for them. And I, and I hope it is. Um, it was funny because uh, for our one of our, you know, every other week budget meetings my partner was like so uh <laughs> game pass and i was like yeah i gotta find us some deals on it so i can like renew it for longer because i rolled into like the monthly like pay i'm like oh shoot i, I don't want to do that i gotta find a deal yeah um she's like well are you gonna keep this going and i was like well yeah and she's like well why and i'm like <laughs> yeah why i was like that's a good question and i pay i do play stuff on it but sure. definitely not as often as i probably should because there are good games there it's not just about xbox first party stuff there's great stuff there um but i i don't take as big of advantage of it as i probably should and i would like to have them encourage me to take a bigger advantage of it than i do so hopefully they will but yeah cool. um any other video game stories josh jumping out to you uh there's stuff i mean if you want to talk about something else uh we certainly can. I have I would, two I would... very quick ones for you. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, number one. Doug Bowser says Tears of the Kingdom will be worth $70. Sure. Josh, you know, we are notorious for our quote-unquote hate of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, you don't have to quote-unquote it for me. Uh, <laughs> what would make Tears of the Kingdom worth $70 for you? If it came with a $80 check inside? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, there we go. <laughs> I guess that is that then. If it came on a new Switch, that could play I, it I know properly. We talk- <laughs> <laughs> I only talked about this last time, and you're like, I'm not getting, you know, Tears of the Kingdom Day One. If I recall, your wife was playing through Breath of the Wild, though, right? We had we had talked. I'm getting attacked. Sorry, but I can't. Uh, we had to, we had talked about it. She's interested in playing Breath of the Wild, so if if I do pick it up for her, she enjoys it. There's not. I wouldn't not get tears of the kingdom for her but 
I don't know. I think for me, it's just become a thing where I'm like, I want to want to play it again. Right. But that's what happened last time. I wanted uh-huh. to want to play it again. Uh-huh. And then I stopped wanting to want to play it while playing it. So <laughs> gotcha. I can't imagine that's going to change. But who, who knows? Stranger things have happened. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I I was going to say like May was looking pretty busy, but I don't know that it is now. Um, but June's right around the corner and June's looking really busy. So that's exciting for me. So we'll see. I don't know that I'm going to get Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I will say, though, uh, games have been... Remember when we did that whole, like, which game's going to, like, rate better on Metacritic? Yeah. Man, some of those games that we talked about have been doing really well. Like Resident Evil 4? Goodness gracious. Oh, yeah. No kidding, right? Wow. Okay. So, I don't, yeah. I don't I don't know if I'm going to play the Terrors of the Kingdom Day 1. I want to like these games so bad because I want to feel like a cool kid because I really don't feel like a cool kid when I talk about how I don't like it. And then people are like, oh, you're just trying to be like, you know, like, the, you're just trying to hate on the thing that everyone else loves. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm genuinely not. I wish I felt the same way that people who loved it felt about it. I just don't and i wish i did because it would be way more fun that's for sure uh so next question then for you josh as you hold your kitten so that they do not attack you she climbed onto the top of my computer so (laughs) oh that doesn't seem ideal at all (laughs) all right josh so naughty dog has said that they've decided on their next game here's my question for you i know that you know you have not played as much naughty dog as other people have and that's totally cool what game would you want to see from Naughty Dog? Like, what do you want their next game post not clouding their multiplayer thing that they're doing? What do you want their next game to be? Uh, what would make you interested in playing one of their games? I mean, I love Uncharted. So I wouldn't mind seeing them tackle a new adventure game series. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe I know this isn't new because I'm comparing it to Uncharted, but they could get that indiana jones license that's a great studio to make a game based off of uncharted uh like using that same type of formula to get some new indie games out could be pretty cool especially with like the new one coming out and it being like back in the the zeitgeist if you will well i i mean machine games is already making an indiana jones game Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about that <laughs> yeah, game like, we saw. Yeah, Xbox has got that wrapped up, I quietly think, right now. And quickly. Yeah. Hey, hey. I'm getting bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because, like, it could be anything in the world. Do you think they could handle Resistance? The Resistance re, re, reattempt? Oh, could I don't think they would. Dog handle that? No, Naughty Dog would never do that. I don't think they would ever like if No, it has to be a very important story, mm-hmm. character based. That's what they do good, right? They write good character story. Uh, good character story. Good characters and good story. So I feel like it would have to be that. Yeah. I I would really love for them to do something totally different and whether that is and go either man i mean it'd be really cool if they went back to like um i'm not saying they need to do like (laughs) like cartoony like go back to like they're old and olden days uh but i would like to see them lighten up a little bit um and do something either and maybe go like do something sci-fi or do something high fantasy um that is something that 
would be nice to see out of PlayStation. Um, yeah. uh, you know, something that kind of goes that direction and that isn't so serious. Um, I, I don't know if they can do that. Like, right. Like how do you, I, you can definitely change what you've been doing, but you know, when you have the kind of the chops that they've developed and the experience that they've developed, like, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think they go back and are like, Hey, here's the, like the, the new version of Jack and Daxter, right? Like, I don't think we're getting back to that, right, right. but I, I would love to see them just go really outside of what they have done. And, and, apply that same level of attention and detail and storytelling to something in the sci-fi world or a high fantasy world. But I would also really, really like it to be not as dark and brooding and foreboding. Like let's smile a little bit and have some fun. I, man, I just would really love to have something that's a little more laid back and goofy. I don't think that they can do that. Cause I just don't know that they have the people in place at that studio to do that. But yeah. you know what look what tango did with hi-fi rush maybe they can yeah um yeah. you know maybe there is the opportunity to do something like that i i just really would love a more light-hearted romp and granted uncharted you know pretty light-hearted funny quippy like there was some good stuff there but man they've just been so down and dour lately just kind of even worried for the people who work there right don't you want to have a little fun and lighten things <laughs> up a little bit yeah all your games are like super depressing and brutal dramas yeah, and with brutality now <laughs> yeah cool uh, anything else from the video game world you want to say, mention, talk about anything else to wrap up before we kind of get to the show wrapped up, Josh? No, I think I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. So with that, do we have any questions this week, Josh? Or this no, month, I should say. No, no questions. That's okay. We didn't <laughs> ask either. So uh, with that, then we're going to move towards wrapping the show up. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to give you one other recommendation, suggestion, or thing we're into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what's your recommendation for listeners this month? Well, my recommendation stems off of what your recommendation is going to be. Nice. I was watching a TV show that Kyle will talk about, and I went back to this streaming services main page, and there were some ads, and I had remembered hearing an ad for season two of a show called Schmigadoon. And I was like, oh, yeah, I completely forgot that that was a show. And and it was on Apple TV, and I never had given it a shot. It stars uh, Michael Keegan-Key and um, Cecily Strong from SNL. And uh, it's about a real-life couple who go on, like, a marriage counseling retreat and stumble upon this bridge that's covered in fog, and they cross into it, and it essentially transports them into a world of musicals, but it's the musicals like the Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals, like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and and Music Man and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's very like old-timey and also Brigadoon, is, which is what it's based off of, uh, which is a musical uh, as well. So it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's very funny because like they are very much like us. They don't sing. They think it's very weird that people are singing. They constantly comment on like where's that music coming from? Why is this guy talk like this? It's very tongue in cheek. It's very funny. It's directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who people would know from like Get Shorty, Men in Black, Pushing Daisies if you ever watch Pushing Daisies. Um So yeah, 
I say check it out. If you're already on Apple TV for maybe some other reason in a second, uh, check out Schmigadoon. It's pretty funny and it's very musically. In fact, I was noting, my wife was like, I can't watch this anymore. I was like, but you like musicals. She's not, not these kinds of musicals. But I thought I was commenting uh, to myself, noting to myself, like the first song is like four minutes long. And then like the second song is also like four minutes long. I was like, <laughs> oh, they're committing to these songs. Um, but it's pretty, it's very funny and and, uh, and quite well written so far. So check it out if you like musicals and comedy. Awesome. That is Schmigadoon on Apple TV+. Plus. With my recommendation being probably unsurprising, Ted Lasso is back. Yes, Ted Lasso Season 3 is now streaming. Well, you know, the first episode of Ted Lasso Season yeah, the first episode. <laughs> is now on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, if you've never watched Ted Lasso, uh, you really deserve, you really should do yourself a favor and watch it. Yeah, treat yourself. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's so good. And Season 3 overall, has, I, I think the first episode was solid. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to have it back. Uh, I am pretty positive this is the final season of Ted Lasso hmm. um, based off of everything that is being said. So, and it seems like the it's the first episode even seems like it's positioning itself as being the last yes. season. So overall, really good. Um, like I said, if you have never watched it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's easy worth a watch. Sometimes people are like, hey, Apple TV Plus doesn't have too much on it. Well, Schmigadoon, which I've heard is great. I am going to now watch as well after since I just finished up The Last of Us. Um, so Schmigadoon is going to go on my list. Ted Lasso is great. If you've never watched Severance, Severance is amazing. Yes. So there's at least a, you know, easy month of things that you can watch on there because there's also Servant and a few other things that are pretty darn good on Apple TV+. Plus. So I do think it is worth some time and you can get it for free all of the time. It seems like that is one of the easier uh, streaming services to get a free month or two or three or six of because um, I think my first initial foray into it was actually six months free. So yeah, it's fine. <laughs> But uh, so check out Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus. Josh, with that, what do you say we wrap this show up? Hey, why don't we do that? Deep breath, Josh. Okay, here we go. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. Uh, we tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg. Uh, so please use that hashtag as well so we can see what you're posting and whatever podcast service you listen to us on. We encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. Uh, yeah, find me. All the places. Why so serious? S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? You can find me on all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have... Oh my goodness gracious. As <laughs> always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, Never stop gaming. Kyle. Josh.
Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to, uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>